0: You're listening to Bell Book and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. Hey, y'all. It's Mela Borowski, and I'm the Southern Bell in Bell Book and Candle. Our guest today is Nikki Starcat Shields, an author, book midwife, and leader of transformational writing retreats. She's also a licensed pagan priestess. Nikki has had five nonfiction books published so far and is currently writing a contemporary fantasy series. She teaches people to be thriving artists writing their heartfelt books while also nurturing themselves and their creative lives. She lives in Maine and adores reading, cats, and spending time by the ocean. Thank you for being here with us, Nikki. You're welcome. So great to be here. So I live in South Carolina, right in the middle of the Bible Belt, and it can be challenging to be a practicing pagan here. Not impossible just challenging sometimes. So what's it like being a pagan priestess in Maine? Do you find it supportive? Yeah, I, I find that I, there are a lot of traditionally
1: religious people in Maine. However, the the sort of ethic here is live and let live. So I haven't really had, you know, a lot of problems or issues. I can't say I grew up pagan because I didn't know that was what it was called, but I grew up in a family of agnostics and atheists. and And so when I got to college and I read my my first pagan book was Drawing Down the Moon. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, by Margot Adler. And I later got to meet her, which was super cool, too. But oh, um, when I read that, I was like, oh, that's what it's called.
0: <laughs> so. I think that happens with a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> so I read an article about you, and the photos were just so gorgeous there by the ocean. What is it about the ocean that draws you to it?
1: I have always lived in Maine, I was born here, and I kind of took it for granted for a really long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then as I got into later adulthood, and I had kids, and I just started discovering how relaxing and inspiring it is to be by the ocean or by any, you know, big body of water, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm sure that lakes and the Great Lakes especially are, you know, similar, but for me, it's it's the ocean and the beach. And I have... Um, I'm a Virgo sun and Cancer rising. And of course, Cancerian, the, the Cancerian sign is associated with water. Hmm. And I feel like in my, I'm 51 now. And in my recent, like later adulthood, I've really tapped into that water um, connection. And I, I consider myself a water priestess at this point.
0: Okay. Awesome. I love water myself. One of my favorite places is in a saltwater pool that my husband put in the backyard for me. Ooh, <laughs> nice. But... I'm not really drawn towards the sea as much. I like to go for a little while. I like to hunt shells, but for me, it's rushing water, like a waterfall or a rushing river. So it's interesting how we can still be pulled to water but but different types of water.
1: Well, answer me this do, do you feel so I, this is a feeling that I've had in recent years is when I'm in the in the water, no matter whether it's a pool or you know the ocean or whatever, when I'm immersed in the water, I feel like it's almost easier to ground than it is to put my feet on the earth, which is kind of wild.
0: Yeah, I I love the water for grounding, for healing. I always put the intention every time I step into it that this is a healing pool. And after I do full moon ceremonies for the community every single month, I've done them for over two years now. Mm-hmm. And during the summer when it's warm enough, I will get in that pool afterwards just mm-hmm. to kind of come down from that energy. So, yeah. Yeah, I
1: love that. I love that feeling.
0: One of the topics that I really love that I include as much as possible in the podcast is just the everyday witchy tips. How someone can include their spirituality in their daily lives, not just save it for, you know, that special ritual or the full moon or something like that. What sort of things do you do on a daily basis to incorporate your spiritual practice into your life?
1: Mm, Great question. I actually have been doing a daily morning practice for, let's see, since 1997, which is like 24 years almost. That's amazing. (laughs) And it hasn't always looked exactly the same, but when I started it, I wanted to go deeper. You know, I don't know. I know many people have had this experience, but you read it like a how-to book and you get to the part where here's the, you know, the journaling questions or the exercises to do. And you're like, oh, no, I'll do that later. And yeah. I, was, I was always putting it aside, <laughs> do that later. And so I, I told myself, look, let's just try something. And what I tried was I wanted to learn about the tarot. So I drew a tarot card every morning. That was how I started. Oh, okay. And then journaled about the previous day. I would do like, okay, the previous day I drew, say, the high priestess. And my day was like this. Are there any correspondences? And, and that sort of thing. And so that kind of evolved over the years into meditation. I started getting getting interested in meditation. Um, Definitely journaling has been a through line. I love writing. So that's always been there. Mm. And then just this past year, I've come back around because I stopped doing the daily tarot once I kind of felt comfortable with, you know, knowing the meanings and feeling, you know, Like I'd learned what I wanted to learn. I can't, I'm taking a course now. And the thing is to draw daily tarot cards. I'm like, (laughs) oh, perfect. it's like back to the roots. So I do that in the morning. And for me morning, I'm not a morning person. So it's not like crack of dawn morning. But when I get up, I do my daily practice, whatever that is at the time first Mm -hmm. and prioritize that. And then throughout the day, I just, I like to have, I work for myself now, which, uh, so it gives me some leeway, but I like to just go outside and take a break from working. And just put my feet on the earth, or you know, hug a tree, <laughs> like yeah. literally hug a tree. You know, <laughs> I live in a, a place that's forested, so you know, it's we go mm-hmm. for walks out in the back, and it's it's been very grounding and very um, it's really helped me to keep in touch with daily spirituality. Also, I track the the moon phases really carefully because I love moon magic.
0: Mm.
1: so just like okay where's the moon let me go outside and see if I can see it yet you know (laughs) yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) I think that your idea of the tarot journal that you did is a little different than what I've heard some people say Where you write it pull the card and then you're doing all this writing about the card I really like the idea of coming back the next day and you know you could see the day before and how it relates to it I think that is that's really important
1: yeah, it really helps you learn it like for your own. Because you can read meanings in a book, yeah. but you'll learn it in your own life, like how a certain card is associated with maybe like visitors coming to see you or you know something like that.
0: So do you teach at all or encourage people to have these daily spiritual practices? Or is that something you just do for yourself?
1: I do, yeah. I, well, I wrote a book about it um, mm. called Centered in Spirit because I found that people always had the conception that there were like three things that you had to do. It was either meditation or yoga or mindfulness. And those were the only things that were like spiritual practice for the daily. And I was like, no, you can do anything as a daily <laughs> spiritual practice. You can dance as your daily yeah. spiritual practice. You can, you know, draw. You can, if you're not feeling like you're artistic, you can cook, make a really devotional meal. It's really yeah. the connection that, that matters. So I wrote a book where I talked about all the different options that you could have to, you know, do for her spiritual practice.
0: Oh, yeah, that's amazing.
1: These days, I'm working with um, writers or people who want to be writers. Basically, I'm a writing coach. That's what mm-hmm. my book midwife uh, name means. And so I work with writers, or people who want to write a book, but don't know how to do it. And one of the first things we talk about is your writing ritual, because we want to make it really like something that you look forward to something yeah. that you can create this ritual for some people, it's, um, it's like coffee. Okay, they like, they want to write in the morning. They make their their cup of coffee just how they like it and they sit down and then they know, okay, that's the time when I'm going to write. Mm.
0: It's
1: making making little things that could seem mundane into magical things. That's that's one thing I really love.
0: Yeah, I love that too and I tell people all the time the same sort of thing that it doesn't have to be these major practices that you put in. It could be even as simple as making that cup of coffee and stirring it clockwise and putting your intentions for the day in it that could be a daily practice of, mm-hmm. you know that's an easy way to put it into your life
1: yeah and when I started I, I work with a lot of people who have children and when I started um, my daily spiritual practice my son who's my I, I have two children he's the oldest he was like not even two years old and so mm-hmm. I tell people you can do it and and have children now I did have my husband as a support but also Mm -hmm. there were times when the kids sat with me and played with the tarot deck and you know just like (laughs) were with me and I think it can be a good role model especially for moms who we often sacrifice our own time to our families yeah I think it can be a great role model to say, no, you know, in the morning I do this thing. If you want to do it with me, that's fine, but I'm going to do this thing. And so um, I encourage people who say, oh, I can't do that. I have a family. I have little kids. It's like you can just you can include them. You can get help from a partner or, you know, a babysitter or, you know, there are ways to do it.
0: Definitely. Sometimes you have to be creative, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) So that takes me right into creativity. And so I think creativity is a spiritual gift it's it's like i consider intuition as well one of those things that everybody is given a portion of mm. that's just my personal belief but sometimes we tuck it away we don't nurture it do you think everyone has the ability to be creative
1: oh yes yes absolutely and i in my own journey i know that I, i'm familiar with that tucking it away because when i was a kid <laughs> i wanted to be a writer And Mm -hmm. then I was, as I got older, I was told, well, you can't make a living as a writer. That's Mm -hmm. not a realistic choice, yada, yada, yada. So I put that away for years and years. And, but it kept kind of like, I say that the muses kept tapping me on the shoulder (laughs) being like, hello, hello, it's time. And so I had this great career. So I went, so from writing, I said, oh, journalism, I'll do that instead. But journalism is, is often tied with deadlines and stress. And I, my body doesn't do well with that. So I went into, I ended up in public broadcasting which was a great career. I loved it. I, was, I worked at Maine Public Radio for years. But at certain point, that was just like the muses tapping me going, this is nice, <laughs> but it's not your calling. You're supposed to write, come mm. on. So so <laughs> if, you, if you deny your creativity, you will get those like wake up calls or little insistent muses <laughs> poking at yeah. you. And I think creativity can be very scary. It was scary for me because you don't, there's a lot of expectation and a lot of fear of failure. Like you don't mm-hmm. want to let your muses down. And you and you and there's a lot of comparison. You know, I can't write like Tony Morrison, you know, or I can't, yeah. you know, be this type of writer. And in fact you don't have to be. You just need to write like you. Mm-hmm. And you just need practice. Like that's like anything, the ten thousand hours, you know, like to do your practice. And yeah. that's what'll get you there. So breaking down those fears can be challenging, but I really do think that everybody's creative and I think it's tied with our spirituality because the world is creative. Look at mother nature, how endlessly creative she
0: is. Yeah. I was about to ask you that as well as your idea of creativity being tied in with spirituality. Can you just talk a little bit more about that? Sure.
1: For me, it's my creativity is very much tied with, I've always been had these like imaginations or daydreams my nighttime mm-hmm. dreams are very vivid like there's a lot of ideas and i know it shows up differently for different people but bear mm-hmm. with me i think this you know there are areas in your life where you just feel very inspired and and tapped in and i think that's part of your creativity and your spirituality cuz those moments when you think about a time when you were doing something and time just went zooming by you didn't even notice you were yeah. just so immersed in it that is a similar feeling To being connected with the cosmos. And it's often associated with something creative that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, how do you nurture your own creativity?
1: I make space for it. I like to, so, a lot of people who are creative have blockages or are kind of against like planning and, you know, scheduling and those sort of things that seem very structured. But I kind of use those as a container. So if I have a an hour in my schedule that says writing time and I leave it very open, you know, yeah. it's not like, oh, I have to write this chapter of this book or this article for this thing. No, I just this this hour is sacred and it's writing time. Go and play. And I just let myself play within the the bounds of the container it's mm. like having a chalice or a cup you know if you have water and it's that's your creativity and you just have water pouring and it's all over the place and <laughs> it's kind of a mess but if you have that chalice you can pour it in there and then you can do things with it you can drink it you can share it with somebody else <laughs> you know I, I just I find containers to be super useful and that's one thing that I start with too with my clients is like you might resist this but I want you to get some writing time into your calendar and to keep it like you would like a dentist appointment or a Mm. doctor appointment for your kid or something very important because a lot of times we set our own like well i said i was going to write but i really need to clean the kitchen right now
0: yeah do you really (laughs) (laughs) i can wait (laughs) yeah yeah that's such good advice just schedule it in schedule that time in and keep it like any other appointment right yeah
1: and then be playful within it because then you might not Mm. feel like you're like oh I'm gonna write a blog post and you're like oh I'm not feeling it maybe it it might even be a different medium entirely if you're a writer you might be like you know I want to get out my crayons and make a drawing of the dream Mm. I had last night like creativity I find inspires like other forms of creativity inspire my my main form and I don't even have to be good at it like I'm terrible at drawing animals but I love to do it like
0: just you know because it's fun Kind of takes the pressure off too, because people will always say, oh, well, can you do this? Can you do that? And if you have it scheduled on your calendar, who cares if it's for you, you can say, well, I have an appointment and you really do. You really do have an appointment. Absolutely. Yeah. Book midwife, a writing coach. I love that. I love the whole kind of picture that it it brings to my mind. I love word pictures. Mm. So tell me more about how you got involved in becoming a book midwife.
1: Well, I finally came back around to writing... Well, actually, I was writing articles for a pagan newsletter here in Maine. This is when newsletters were, like, printed out and stapled together and mailed to people. (laughs) I remember that. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) I was writing... six times a year for that for quite a while, Uh, just essays on little bits of my life as a pagan, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I finally, when I was in my early 40s, came around to, okay, I really need to write. What am I going to write? And my husband said, how about just like a collection of your essays to start with? And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's a good idea. So that was my first endeavor with that. Um, And then after that, I was like, Ooh, okay, I love this. And I started writing books. So then I had friends who say, Oh, you're writing books, you've got some published, what will you help me? You know, Mm, I need some help or can you edit this? Or can you look at that and give me some feedback. And so I started doing that. And in 2017 I was helping this woman in my community and she said oh you know what oh and at the time too I was trying to I was getting away from the public radio and I wanted to have my own business so I had a business sort of I guess I would call it spiritual coaching now Mm -hmm. spiritual coaching is something that people do with success. Absolutely. But it's also very intangible. You can't really say to someone, here's the, what you'll get. You say, well, you'll feel better. Well, that's pretty big, you know? (laughs) Um, So this woman said to me, you know, you're, you're struggling. I see you struggling with this business, but you could help people write their books like you're doing for me And that would be like, what will you have? Well, here you'll have your book manuscript. (laughs) That's very tangible. (laughs) And also she knew how I loved to play with words and stories and, you know, that sort of service, just like being in service to the muses, whether it's mine or somebody else's. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, you're right. So I started it in 2017 or I started looking at doing it in 2017. And I quickly found that even though I'm good at editing for like for myself and for others, that's not my favorite thing to do. Mm. And I started, the coaching part really was lighting me up. And then I was working one-on-one with people. And then in 2019, I think, actually no, it was right, at, right, right before the pandemic began, right? early last year, I started group, a group writing program. And that Mm. was, that's just a delight. I've got a small group of writers. I have five right now um, in a nine month program. So nine months, the birthing metaphor kind of works for that, right? And it's, it's, yes, I'm leading them and sharing my expertise, but it's also that it's another container. It's that container of a group of like-minded people who are doing this big endeavor and who can use each other's you know, encouragement, accountability, um, inspiration. It's just, I'm just loving it. So that's kind of how I got into it. And, and I, and since I, I believe that when you really do something that you love or that's your calling, that's what will flourish in your life. And it's certainly, it's certainly happening with my, my writing groups.
0: And do you only do certain types of books or anybody writing any book? Pretty
1: much any book. I tend to, I tend to attract women work with women, I tend to work with people who are often writing a book to go alongside their their business you know they're entrepreneurs Mm. and they have an area of expertise like I have a voice teacher who's writing about her journey with her voice you know that that sort of thing but I have some fiction writers in there too which is great okay yeah
0: and if someone says oh I'm I'm not a writer I have I I know I have a book inside of me, but I'm not a writer and I can never write a book what's the first thing you'd say to them
1: That all you need to be a writer is to write. And so just beginning, just exploring that is the best way to start. And then all you need to be a good writer is lots of practice. Hmm. And then, you know, encouragement and feedback, sure. But... I think anyone who says I could never be a writer. Also, you know, some people that I've worked with um, say have legitimate concerns. Like what, this one woman is like, I'm dyslexic. It's really hard for me mm. to get the words on the page and to edit my writing. And yeah. so we worked together and we did, she did record, voice recording. She just spoke oh, her okay. book. And wow, so there's yeah. always ways that you can work with any kind of limitations that are going on. And if you really, if this is really something that's calling to you, there there
0: are definitely ways to do it. Awesome. Your fantasy series, you're writing. does it have any witchy pagan elements in it?
1: It definitely does.. Ooh. <laughs> so I was part of a a few years ago, a modern vaudeville troupe mm. here in Maine called Dark Follies, and it's like a goth-based vaudeville troupe. I was awesome. in the I was in the the band. I did some hand drumming, and I also and you know, played like the triangle and things like that. And I uh-huh. also did some skits with them. And it was super fun. And my brother said to me, Wow, that would be a neat story. You should write about being in a vaudeville troupe. And I was like, Mm -hmm. ooh. So I came up with an idea for a story about a girl who's in a vaudeville troupe. So what happens is something, somebody goes missing, like there's a mystery going on, and they want to solve it. And as they do, they discover that magic is real and that, Mm -hmm. you know, they have the potential to do magic and that there are people, you know, in this world who. So it's like this world and with. What I would call, I mean, I do believe magic is real, but it's like more obvious, like movie type magic. Like she can actually enter a portal into another dimension or, you know, things like that that we um, kind of add on to the, to make it a a fantasy. But that uh, sounds fine. She also, you know, it it also does deal with issues like, you know, kind of creative, like when you have creative blockages or, Mm. you know, bringing in a daily practice of some sort or, you know, things like that. So.
0: And do you have a name for it yet?
1: The series is called Patterns. So the first mm-hmm. one is called Patterns in the Void. And then I've got a couple others. And I had been given the advice. I, I prefer to self-publish. And so i had been given the advice, if you're self-publishing a series, make sure you've written all of it first, because then you can really leverage. You can get keep people's interest instead of being like, well, here's this book wait a couple of years for the next one. <laughs> <You> know, so, <laughs> so I'm finishing writing all three before I start launching them, which probably will be 2022 when they start coming out. So.
0: Okay. That's good advice for me because I've been writing the first of three books for many years now and <laughs> I've got about, I don't know, 90,000 words and I just need to finish the last part of it. And A lot of the things that that you're saying about setting aside time to write and all that, it's like, I always find something else that I need to do instead Mm -hmm. of finishing that book.
1: It's very common. Like, don't be hard on yourself for it. It's really common. (laughs) There are also things you can do while you're... So if you're like, oh, now I got to write two more. But while you're doing that, you can do your first edit on that one and share it with a few beta readers to get their feedback. And there are things Mm -hmm. you can do to work with it as you go along, so...
0: Yeah. I've shared a few chapters with, with different people and they're, they're all saying, all right, when, when's it coming out? And that just puts more pressure. So I, I got to just, I think I'm going to set in my calendar, just like what you said, put in my calendar and just start giving myself that time to finish that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's fiction, but I also want to write nonfiction. So when you, when I saw the topics, what you wanted to talk on, I was really excited to hear your ideas and everything because I, I love to write and I want to have more published books as well. So it's really amazing.
1: Let me give you two. I'll give you my two best pro tips for where you are right now. One is when you put it in your calendar, don't be like, I'm going to write every single day. Mm -hmm. Because even professional writers, unless they're maybe Stephen King, they're not writing every (laughs) single day. You know, like, so just start with two times a week. You know, see how that goes for a month, then maybe increase it if it feels good. And the second one is don't try to write and edit at the same time. Mm. It's very, very normal to try and do that. But really, you're using two different parts of your brain for these two different activities. So editing is your left brain analytical self. And that's very useful, but it's not useful when you're trying to get your story on the page. That's your right brain. That's the flowy, like, oh, the Mm -hmm. characters start to speak for themselves and, you know, you're seeing the scenes in your mind and it's just flowing. When you try to do both of those at once, it slows you down a lot Mm -hmm. and it also causes lots of self-doubt. So if you can just somehow just say, okay, editor brain, I'm taking off this hat now. We'll put it on the shelf. We'll get back to you. I'm just going to do like a brain dump of all the stuff that's flowing through. That's really a, a better way to get the words on the page.
0: Great advice. Yeah. Just, just get it out, just get it out and then you can yeah. go back later and fix yeah. it up. <laughs> totally. So how do the listeners get in touch with you and do you have anything coming up that you'd like to promote or talk about? Yeah. So if you're
1: interested in the, the help with writing part. Then my name is my website, NikkiStarCatShields.com, and that will let you know about the offerings for that. And if you're curious about some of the books that I've written, I'm on Amazon as Nikki StarCat Shields, so you can find those there. I do have a virtual writing retreat coming up in mid-May, and so if you're interested in that you can go to my website, NikkiStarkatShields.com and look under Retreats. Or I'm also on Instagram at Shields.
0: Beautiful. So one last question for you. It's really incredible. And you've probably noticed this as well about how many people are really coming home to paganism as of late. Yeah. Even six years ago, I really had a hard time finding fellow pagans in my personal area. And now there's all kinds of groups in South Carolina. and Many of them are new to the path. What's the number one piece of advice that you'd give to someone who's just starting out on their pagan path?
1: Well, it kind of circles around to what we first talked about. But really, I think starting your actual practice of doing something spiritual or witchy or pagan or however you think of it Mm -hmm. every single day, that'll get you way further than reading a bunch of books and I'm a total bookworm. I'm not against reading books, but, (laughs) but also pairing that with doing practices regularly is just going to get you so far.
0: Mm, Yeah. Good advice. Any final words before we end our episode? It's been a delight. This has been wonderful. It's been really great. and So many great tips. I always love it when I have a guest on that can give us just absolute daily everyday tips that we can walk away from the episode and put into practice. So thank you so much for an enlightening conversation, Nikki. You're very welcome. Blessed be. And y'all show Nikki and all of our guests some love by visiting their websites, checking out their social media. And if you reach out to our guests, tell them you heard them on bell book and candle. And don't forget that you can always send me comments about an episode insights or questions you'd like me to answer by clicking on the link to send a little voice message to me super easy y'all and i reckon i might just use it on one of our episodes take care and y'all be blessed thank you all for listening to bell book and candle you can follow mella on instagram and facebook at bell book candle sc that's bell B-E-L-L-E or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Bellbook Candle.